The Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Los Angeles Rams are both struggling so far this season. We're going to talk about why each team needs a win on Sunday to keep their playoff hopes alive. And we have a battle of the two worst rushing teams in the NFL. Let's go. You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome to Crossover Thursdays here on the Locked On Podcast Network. We are your daily podcast covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Los Angeles Rams. Free and available on all platforms and we thank you for making us your first listen or view of the day. I am James Yarko, one of the hosts of Locked On Bucks and covering your Tampa Bay Buccaneers for SB Nation's BucksNation.com. I am joined by the host of Locked On Rams, Travis Rogers, half of Travis and Silva, as well as the Rams pre and post game shows on ESPN 710 in Los Angeles. You can find Kevin on Twitter at Travis Rogers. You can find me at Yarko underscore Bucks. Crossover Thursday is presented by our friends at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is so much fun and it's easy to play. No competing with other players. Just you against the projections available. You pick two to five players, and if they will, will score more or less than their prize picks projection, and you can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. It can literally take less than 60 seconds to enter. It's that easy. We love prize picks, and we know you will too. So first-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. Travis, it is a pleasure to be talking Bucks and Rams with you. We can cry together about how <laughs> terrible the run games are, how disappointing <laughs> the season has been. And uh, you know, this, you know, it's the the marquee game on CBS. You get Jim Nance, you get Tony Romo, but let's start things off with the visiting team and the biggest storyline for the Los Angeles Rams heading into this one. Yeah, James, I want to. I definitely want to get to the biggest storylines heading into this one. But before we get there, I have a quick question. As somebody who was where the Rams are a year ago, post-Super Bowl, at what point do you realize that the Super Bowl team that had just won a Super Bowl is no longer that team? Is it about week nine? Because <laughs> this is about where I am right now in this season saying, you know what? This is just not the same little mojo, the juju, whatever you want to call it. This is not the same group. For the Buccaneers, they really didn't go through that last year. They were, you know, kind of tops of the NFC South all the way through. They were a competitive team. It was slowly and gradually throughout the season that you started losing players to injury. You mm. lose Chris Godwin. You know, you, you lose uh, Tristan Wirfs. You, you lost some key defensive players. You were losing Levante and, and Devin White for stretches of the season. So it, it really never got to that point until the divisional round when they had to make a, a miraculous comeback that still managed to fall short because Cooper Cup is not human and the Buccaneers <laughs> didn't know what they were doing on defense. <laughs> yeah, those two things were, they worked out okay. They, that We were on the right side of that. To, to answer your original question, I think that the biggest storyline coming into this one for the Rams is what didn't happen. I, I think what it is is, for the first time, really, in the Sean McVay era, the trade deadline came and went, and the Rams didn't do anything. 
that that they had been incredibly active. They had used that trade deadline more like a baseball or a basketball team typically uses it to go out and get not just additional players, but star players. This is something that they've done going back several years when they went and got Jalen Ramsey out of Jacksonville. They went and got Odell or excuse uh, Vaughn Miller last year. They made uh, it wasn't at the trade deadline, but they went and picked up Matthew Stafford during the offseason in another big trade. The Rams make trades and they really make trades when they believe that they're close to, you know, getting something special going. That when they think a player or two can kind of get them over the top, they're willing to spend first round draft picks. They're willing to to take a swing. And that they didn't this year, I think, kind of lets you know what they think about the team that they have right now. If the reports are true, they were in on McCaffrey, didn't have enough to get it done. They were in on Brian Burns. Uh, Carolina said no to two first round picks. I think they made a dodge a bullet right there because I don't think that's the problem that this particular Rams team has. But that they didn't find a running back, that they didn't go find offensive line help. These have been the two biggest problems for this team this year, um, that they stood pat at, at the trade deadline. For me, that's the biggest story for this Rams team heading into this game, that it's going to be the same team it was a week ago. Yeah, and we had heard Cam Akers' name being thrown around quite a bit, and there are a lot of Buccaneers fans that love Akers from his time at Florida sure. State, and and they were looking for an injection in the run game as well. I don't know if, if Akers would have been the answer for that. He hasn't been here, that's for sure. Right, absolutely. So it was it was interesting to see the Rams, uh, you know, kind of stand pat. You know, they're they're struggling a lot of Buccaneers fans expected the Buccaneers to make a move because they're struggling mightily. And both of them say, you know what? We have what we have. We're going to figure it out. These are the last two Super Bowl champions with tons of talent in the locker room. But it, it seems like there are more issues than that at hand for, for both teams. The Buccaneers biggest storyline of this week is the fact that they have lost five of their last six. Mm. And in those losses, they're averaging only 17.2 points per game. They're giving up 24.6 and they are in second place in the worst division in football behind the Atlanta Falcons, because that's something that should be happening. <laughs> the, the run game is on a record pace for the worst rushing offense in over two decades. Brady has been sacked an average of two times per game in those five losses. And there's only one game this season where Brady has more than one passing touchdown mm. for a team that is about to face the defending Super Bowl champions struggles being what they are. They have lost eight of their last nine to the Rams their last win came the year before Brady's arrival in that huge 55 to 40 shootout when even Indomitian and Sue got a touchdown in that one. But before that, it was against the St. Louis Rams and Cadillac Williams had the winning score. So the Rams have been a problem. And for a struggling team that has lost five of their last six games, trying to claw their way back into playoff contention, this is quite possibly the worst matchup from a mental standpoint that the Buccaneers could potentially have. Yeah, James, it's interesting because the Rams just got done with that matchup that you're talking about. The team that's the, the last team that you want to see come to town, San Francisco 49ers. So the, the Rams just got done with it. This is a team that's beaten them eight consecutive times during the regular season. The Rams did win, obviously, the NFC Championship game a year ago. But the, the matchups, I mean, you see it all the time. The Cleveland can't lose to Cincinnati. Cincinnati's a better team, but they can't they can't beat Cleveland. There's just those matchups and 
as far as the Rams are concerned, the Bucs are coming up at the right time, not just because of all the reasons that you mentioned that they've been struggling of late, that Tom Brady doesn't really look like that. When you hear the name Tom Brady, it conjures up a certain image. This player isn't that guy necessarily, but just a, a team that they have been able to beat, whether it's in Los Angeles, whether it's in Tampa, this has been a good matchup for them, and, and it has to happen for them right now because if they fall to three and five with what's left on their schedule, what's what's already happening in the NFC, I think the Bucks kind of fall into the same category as far as the, the, the division's probably a little more attainable for Tampa than it might be for L.A. at this point. But six of the seven spots in the NFC, you feel like you've got them locked down already. There's basically Tampa, Los Angeles, Green Bay, the Commanders. These, these are the teams that are fighting for that last spot in the, in the NFC. And the winner of this one might have a little bit of an inside track. Yeah, no doubt about it. For, for the two defending Super Bowl champions, things are not going well. And if I want things to go well for me on my 15th anniversary that is right around the corner. And, uh, you know, I want to find that perfect gift. I am trusting our friends at Blue Nile. As the original online jeweler, Blue Nile offers the largest selection of independently graded diamonds and pieces priced significantly below traditional retailers because most people in sports media don't collect six-figure checks. (laughs) Don't let them lie to you. The suits are nice, but... it's not happening for most of us. Blue Nile has helped millions of couples create their perfect engagement ring with online tools. They let you choose the diamond shape, the size, the clarity, as well as the setting style. And if you're having trouble choosing, Blue Nile has jewelry experts on hand 24-7. So make your moment sparkle with Blue Nile. Go to BlueNile.com and use code LOCKEDON to save $50 on your purchase of $500 or more. That's B-L-U-E-N-I-L-E.com. Code locked on to save $50 on your purchase of $500 or more. BlueNile.com. Code locked on. Talking Bucks, talking Rams here on a crossover Thursday, but you're not just a football fan. You're probably a fan of all the sports. So catch the biggest headlines from all the sports on Locked On Sports Today, available on YouTube and wherever you are listening to this podcast. A lot of matchups to keep an eye on. Uh, you know, Cooper Cup, always a problem. Matthew Stafford, he's fantastic. Aaron Donald, he's uh, going to be a Hall of Famer. But for the Rams to win this game, Travis, what is your key matchup that you are really focusing in on? I'm going to give you a couple, James. I think that there are two players for the Rams in particular that are going to need to deliver a performance that really, quite frankly, we have not seen all season long, both on the offensive side of the ball. The Rams have been... They, they've been in most of the games that they've played this season. All of the four losses that they've had, they've all been by double digits, um, but they've been games into the fourth quarter. They, they're not getting blown out early. They, they're, they're getting blown out late, if, if there is such a thing as that. So the defense really hasn't been a problem. The problem has been on the other side. It's been on the offensive side of the ball, and, and you've mentioned it a couple of times. The Rams cannot run the ball. They, they are remarkably one-dimensional. This is a group, and one-dimensional times another dimension, which I'll get to in a sec because that's the other part of this. They're going to need to have, and this week I would think it's probably going to have to, at least if somebody's going to do it, it's probably going to have to be Daryl Henderson. They're going to have to find somebody that can give them something on the ground. They don't need a Derrick Henry performance. It doesn't have to be Saquon Barkley, but it has to be somebody that you have to defend. It has to be somebody that you have to account for when the Rams break the huddle. And right now, that's not happening for the Rams. They have their leading rusher on the season, Daryl Henderson, has less than 200 yards. He has 197 yards 
on the season, and he's their best guy. They're going to need to get something more than that. He's averaging under three yards per carry. This is something that has to get better, or I don't care how good Cooper Cup is. I don't care how good Matthew Stafford is. I don't care if that offensive line continues to improve, and it has the last couple of weeks. They're getting guys back. They're getting guys healthy, and the pieces that they do have are starting to come together a little bit. That's number one. And then quickly, number two, and you mentioned it, Cooper Cup is, for my money, if he's not the best wide receiver in football, he's he's damn close. They're gonna, there has to be a second guy. And Allen Robinson was supposed to be that second guy. Allen Robinson was the guy that you figured once he was out of Jacksonville and Chicago, you put him with a real quarterback, you put him with a real offensive-minded head coach. Watch this. This is going to explode. It has not. It, it just simply has not happened. Um, the last two games were his two best games. We're talking about five reception games. This isn't a 10 or a 12 spot like Cooper Cup seems to put up fairly regularly. We're talking about a very modest five-catch day, a 60-70-yard a 70 yard day. He's only had a couple of touchdowns on the season. Allen Robinson is going to have to be a threat. You saw it towards the end of the Niner game last weekend. Cooper Cup was out there again. Just another, I think, example of how the Rams are just not on it this year. He should have never been out there in the first place. But he gets his angle rolled up. The game's already been decided. They're down 17 points. There's two minutes to go. Game's over. And he's still out there. He gets rolled up. And he's expected to play. I expect him to play well. But in the event that he's anything other than his best, somebody else needs to step up. That somebody needs to be Allen Robinson. So far, it hasn't happened. Yeah, I thought the move to get Allen Robinson was a phenomenal one. I was a big fan of his when he was in Chicago. I thought he was kind of hung out to dry with just some terrible quarterback play. Mm -hmm. And I have a personal vendetta against Daryl Henderson because <laughs> after my fantasy draft, I dropped before the season started. I dropped James Robinson to Ooh. pick up Daryl Henderson because I was like, Whoops. he's going to be the dude. He's going <laughs> to beat out Cam Akers. He is going to be a monster. And that blew up in my face. Uh, <laughs> You talk about Cooper Cup, and of course, everybody remembers that play in the divisional round. I already mentioned it earlier, where Antoine Winfield Jr. gets absolutely just burnt. And he has been focused so much. This entire defense has been focused so much on the Rams. We don't know if Antoine Winfield Jr. is going to be available. Now, Carlton mm -hmm. Davis returned to practice. Sean Murphy Bunting returned to practice. And Akeem Hicks who has missed quite a few games, is on track to play. So the defense is going to get a little bit of a boost, but they're thin at safety because of Logan Ryan's foot surgery, Antoine Winfield Jr. still being in the concussion protocol. So that deep ball to Cooper Cup is going to be something that could really, really hurt the Bucks. My key matchup heading into this one is the Rams' defensive line against the Buccaneers' offensive line. Luke Gedeke has looked like a rookie. There has been massive, massive growing pains. He missed the game against the Baltimore Ravens. Nick Leverett stepped up, started, and looked much better at that left guard position than we've seen out of Gedeke so far. But as I mentioned, in these losses, Brady's getting sacked an average of two times per game. They are still reeling from the loss of Ryan Jensen. And that's not a slight at Robert Hainsey by any means, but – Robert Hainsey is not Ryan Jensen. No centers in the NFL are Ryan Jensen. He's that important. And when you're going up against a guy like Aaron Donald, who on the season so far, four sacks, seven tackles for loss, six quarterback hits, he's always, always on the minds of the offensive coordinator and the offensive line coach against Brady just last season in the two games. Two sacks, three tackles for loss, Four quarterback hits, eight total tackles, 
The Rams mm-hmm. have 24 sacks as a team this season. The Buccaneers offensive line has been reeling. They can't block in the run game. Brady doesn't have as much time as he's had the last two years in Tampa. It's going to be a major problem if they can't keep Brady upright and they don't open up some running lanes for Leonard Fournette and Rashad White. The Rams have an opportunity to set the tone on the first you know, series that that defense is out there, and it could end up being a long day for the Buccaneers. Well, if I can put your mind at ease a little bit on at least one of those things, James, when you're talking about the potential of Cooper Cup being a deep threat against a secondary that's a little thin and a little bit banged up, the Rams have hit exactly one big play all season long. One, literally one. Then that was a it was a 75-yard touchdown to Cooper Cup, and the ball traveled about 10 yards in the air, and he made a fingertip catch, and then he turned the corner, and he was gone around the edge. They have had no big plays. Their offense has been nothing in the running game. They can get Cooper Cup going. His The fantasy numbers for Cooper Cup are great. He's getting his 100 yards. He's getting his 10 catches. He's getting in the end zone more often than he isn't. But as far as moving the ball in big chunks, they just simply have not been able to do it this year. The the big plays, you could count them on one hand and you wouldn't need all the fingers. If I was a betting man, Travis, I would say this is the week that they make up for that. And they have <laughs> a lot of them. And of course, odds like that are going to show up with our friends over at Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for betting football and all other sports. You got the NBA getting ready to kick off. You got NHL season. You've got college sports. You can find all of the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. And as always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including the MLB, MMA, boxing, even golf. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. Wrapping things up here on a crossover Thursday edition of Locked On Bucks and Locked On Rams here on the Locked On Podcast Network. And it's time for our predictions. Uh, the Buccaneers, I don't know how this happens. The Buccaneers are favorites again. <laughs> I just, I don't get it. I, I, I do because I've seen the Rams play seven times this year. So I, I don't care who they're playing against. I don't know if they're, especially if they got to go on the road. I don't know uh, what, what the number should be, but the Rams should not be on the right side of it. That's for sure. I don't think the Buccaneers have been an underdog this season and they continue to be favored. They haven't covered the spread in six consecutive games. Mm. Yet here we are, the Buccaneers, two and a half point favorites. Over the visiting Los Angeles Rams, who have won eight of the last nine and 19 out of 28 total matchups in the history of these two teams, including being 3-0 in the playoffs against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We're not going to talk about Bert Emanuel because that was a catch. But Travis... I thought you were going to go back to 1979 in the NFC Championship game that the Rams won nine to nothing. I thought you were going to go way back. I wasn't born for that, so I can't speak <laughs> on it. But Bert Emanuel caught that ball, and we haven't known what a catch was since. <laughs> Fair enough. To say. Fair <laughs> enough, yeah. All right, Travis, how do you see this game playing out, and what is your score prediction? 
I think that it's going to be a low-scoring game because just about every game that the Rams have played this season has been a low-scoring game. I, they just they don't, you know. It, it's funny, and it's taken me about to this point in the season, uh, may, maybe a week or so ago, because I kind of felt it coming up against the 49ers. But this is Sean McVay's fifth season here in Los Angeles, and when he showed up and all of a sudden turned what Jeff Fisher had going here, which was you know they're trying to win games 12 to nine, they're trying to win games 14 to 13, and all of a sudden it's 30 points a game just boom 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 and it looked easy and it's like wow what what in the world has this guy figured out is he broken football he's cracked the code and you know it's, it's come back to earth a little bit but through the first four seasons of Sean McVay's career here they the Rams score points they, they've never really struggled to score points that that when they were good they scored 35 when they did not play particularly well they'd score 24 27 they score not this year they do not score points they really struggle um I, I they they, they Give you a little bit of a, of a of a story here. Last week, going into the game, the idea was if Matthew Stafford doesn't turn it over, if they can get a lead, if they can have some long sustained drives, Debo's not playing. This is setting up for them to go win this game against the 49ers for the first. That's exactly what happened, and they lost by 17 points. <laughs> so they, they, they can't score. They just do not put points on the board. So I, I think it's going to be low scoring. I know that Tampa's had some troubles that are that are similar to this. So um, I, I'm going to try to turn the tide a little bit, a little reverse psychology right here. I think that the Bucks win. I think that it's close. We'll call it, let's call it maybe 20 to 17 in this one because I don't think either one of these teams gets much beyond 20 points. I, I'm surprised to hear you picking the Bucks. honestly. Uh, just Just knowing how these two teams really match up. And I swore up and down until the Bucks gave me a reason to. I wasn't going to pick them for the rest of the year. But I've reached a point now where this is a three and five football team who are now in second place in the worst division of football. And everything that can go wrong has. Brady hasn't looked like Brady. Uh, the, the play calling has been bad. You've dealt with injuries. You've lost your entire interior of your offensive line. If I'm going to trust one guy to figure out how to go out and win one football game, that's going to be Tom Brady. And with their backs against the wall in a must-win situation, if you fall to three and six, you're done. It's over. Because you are not rattling off, you know, what would that be? Eight, you know, seven of, of eight and, and finishing the season with a winning record and getting into the playoffs it won't happen. They have to win this game. And I think that they do. I, I am picking them to score a little bit more. Uh, I'll give the Rams the 24 that the Bucs have been giving up in the losses. But I think a late Ryan Suckup field goal is going to get the job done. And the Bucs win this one 27 to 24. So, Travis, let's let's run it down. All of the, the big points for the Rams in, in this one in a must-win game for both teams. You know, how do you see it all playing out from the, the biggest story to the biggest matchup? Yeah, I, I think that the the biggest story, which you just mentioned, James, is this is something that both of these teams have to have. You mentioned, you know, the, the Rams have already had their bye, so they, they've got to play 10 weeks in a row from this point forward. They're going to have to get 
probably in the NFC, nine wins get you in. You know, maybe if everything breaks weird, maybe an eight and nine team can slide in at that seven spot, but nine seems to be the comfortable number, which means over the course of the last 10 games, the Rams are going to have to go six and four. They have not looked like a team that can win six out of 10 games at any point during the season. So this is a game that you have to have because basically what they have left the rest of the way, you've got Kansas City in Kansas City. That's a loss. The other eight games or the other nine games, including the Tampa game coming up on Sunday, they're 50-50 games. They're, they're games that they could win. They're games that they could easily lose. They're not going to be heavy favorites. They're not going to be heavy underdogs in any of them other than Kansas City. So this is one that they're going to have to have. That They're rolling the same team, like I mentioned at the beginning, into this game that they did against San Francisco. The trade deadline has gone by. They didn't do anything different. Um, I think tells you what Sean McVay thinks of this team, what Les Snead thinks of this team, and that they're hoping that what they have gets a little better, they get a little healthier, maybe they catch fire at the end. Um, they're going to have to run the ball a little bit if they're going to want to have any chance at all, something they haven't been able to do all season long. Yeah, and, and on the Buccaneers' side, it's it's about this losing streak. Five of the last six, the last time Brady lost three in a row, the Patriots actually lost four in a row, and that was way back in 2002, the year Tampa won their first Super Bowl. But the Patriots didn't even make the playoffs that year. So this is it. They didn't make any big moves at the deadline to improve the offensive line, to improve the offense, to improve the secondary, nothing. They trust the guys in that room. They trust the coaches on the sideline, and they flat out have to figure out a way to win this game. Devin White mentioned before the season even started that they haven't been able to figure out how to beat the Rams, and every player in that locker room had this game circled as one that they have to win. They have to get over this hump if they are going to contend in the NFC and they don't look like a playoff team right now but if they win on Sunday they get over this hump they've already beaten the Saints which was the other big one for them that could spark something in this team where they could win a very bad division with eight or nine wins and once you're in the tournament anything can happen you just have to get there I wouldn't have said that the Cincinnati Bengals were the best team in the AFC last year they just got hot at the right time, and they mowed through the competition, wound up in the Super Bowl the year before. I don't think the Buccaneers were the best team in the NFC, but they got hot at the right time. Both teams desperate for a win. I think we're going to be in for a really, really entertaining game, either from an aspect of watching some really great football, or it's going to be entertaining because both teams are so inept that it becomes <laughs> comical, and we just enjoy ourselves if it were on a thursday night that's definitely what it would be that's the thursday oh. night territory first one to 12 wins the game uh thursday nights are the worst <laughs> if, if any if any of the locked on rams listeners hate thursday night football i'll shamelessly plug go back and listen to locked on bucks episode from this past monday just you can go straight to the third segment i went on an entire diatribe about how awful <laughs> Thursday night football is and it needs to end so the Rams have a Thursday nighter coming up against the Raiders on I want to say December 8th so we still have our Thursday night debacle ahead of us yeah I'll say right now I'll take the Rams in that one because <laughs> the Rams or the, the the Raiders are a complete mess as well the AFC West was the most overhyped division in the history of sports just period <laughs> yeah I'm not, not gonna get an argument for me <laughs> All right. With that, we are going to get out of here. Of course, make sure you are checking out Travis over at Locked on Rams. You can check me and my co-host out on Locked on Bucks. We thank you all for making us your first listen or view of the day. And again, catch the biggest headlines in all sports 
every day on Locked On Sports Today. You can, of course, find that on YouTube and wherever you are listening to this podcast. For Travis Rogers, of course, you can find him on Twitter at Travis Rogers and every day on ESPN 710 there in Los Angeles. Check me out over at BucksNation.com and, of course, on the Locked On Bucks podcast on Twitter at JRCO underscore Bucks. Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding day. Stay safe, stay healthy. Thank you so much for joining us right here on Crossover Thursdays.